Welcome to church uh, this morning. I hope all of you guys are doing uh, well. Uh, if you're joining us at uh, one of our campuses or Network Church, I hope you're doing awesome uh, too. Uh, my name is Travis. Uh, I am the pastor out at the T Campus. Let's give it up for the T Campus. Hey, that was good. I thought you might boo that. So uh, <laughs> excited to be here with you uh, today. We've been in a series uh, called The Five Things That'll Kill Your Relationship. And I don't know about you, but every week has been just, just really great, awesome, and just really spoke uh, to me. And today we're in the last week uh, talking about how fear kills our relationships. Uh, I've been speaking in front of people, I don't know, like 10 years or something. I don't know what, how long, but uh, I don't know if I've ever been more excited for a message and so anxious to share a message I was up at four in the morning just kind of filled with anxiety to share this message with you all today because um, I want to tell you uh, a story. I want to tell you my story, uh, my family's story, a story that over the past year has probably done more to form me than any other event in my life. Uh, I want to tell you about how we adopted a little girl uh, from China about a, a year ago. And really this message is, it's a testimony. It's a little bit different. This is going to feel a little bit different than maybe a typical message. This is a testimony. This is what God has done uh, in uh, my life. He's written a song on my heart. That might sound weird. Uh, we love songs, right? Why do we love songs? Uh, we don't love songs necessarily for what, they, uh, what we learn from them. We, are, we love songs from what we feel from them, Right? We love songs because when we sing them, we feel things and that truth, we, we feel stuff. And so today, um, my hope is that you would learn something, but more than that, that you would feel something because that's been this past year. This, been, this past year for me has been less about learning something and it's been more about feeling something in uh, my soul. Uh, quick disclaimer, uh, this is the most vulnerable I've ever been in front of a group of people. Um, I wrote this message in tears, so I'm not possible, I don't think it's possible to share it without them, uh, kind of like the other bald pastor that stands on the stage. He cries all the time, doesn't he? <laughs> it's embarrassing, really, honestly. This is embarrassing how often he, he loses it. Also, uh, the purpose of this message isn't that you would adopt or do foster care, uh, but... If any of you would feel that call this morning to take that step to adopt or foster care, man, that would be, that would be amazing. And I would love to personally talk to you uh, about that. Um, ever since I started dating my wife, uh, she wanted to adopt a child. Uh, it's her passion. I love getting on stage, telling dumb jokes, and trying to talk about Jesus. My wife cares for orphans. Who's a better Christian, huh? Uh, I thought adoption was a cool idea. I mean, it's in the Bible. I like the Bible, and so I like adoption. So I thought adoption was a cool idea, but throughout our marriage, we had one kid, and then we had a second kid, and my wife's like, hey, when are we going to do this adoption thing? When are we going to do I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. And after the second kid, you can only hold mama off so long, right? And so we finally started the process of adoption. Uh, we went to the initial meeting. We paid the introductory fees. Uh, we completed the home studies. We took all the classes. Uh, we filled out thousands of pages of paperwork. Let me refrain that. My wife filled out thousands of papers 
uh, pages of paperwork. Uh, we raised a bunch of money. We applied for grants by making, we made blankets, we sold nexuses, we received gifts from friends. And then three years later, uh, we got the call. Now, why did it take three years? It usually doesn't take that long. That's a story for another time. But three years later, we got the call, and a lady on the phone said, we have a match for you. And so she started talking to us about this match. She said she's three and a half years old. She lives in China. Uh, she has some, some special needs. Uh, she can't walk. Uh, she can stand up, but she can't walk. She, she, doesn't, she doesn't talk, and she has some other developmental uh, delays. And so uh, we took her medical file because they told us to do this, and we gave it to some doctors, and we said, hey, what would you diagnose her with? And they said, she probably has cerebral palsy. I was like, whoa, I don't even know what that is. Um, and so, uh, just being honest with you, uh, I was really concerned about accepting this match. The questions I had was, uh, could we handle the financial burdens? About, what about all the time that we're going to have to run to therapies? Would she end up living with us as an adult? Like, would she not be able to go live on her own after she was 18? And could our kids handle all the changes? Um, I had a million reasons why we should not accept the match that was offered to us. And I just want to be honest with you, uh, I didn't want to do it. If it was up to me, I would have said no. It took me a month, a month of going back and forth about this, and it was eventually it was my wife's tears that convinced me. I'm a sucker when my wife cries. And she finally convinced me to say yes to the match. So a little less than two uh, months later, we were on an 18-hour flight to China to be matched with our little three-and-a-half-year-old that had special needs. Now, I read all the adoption books. I didn't read them all. I read some of the adoption books. I went to all the adoption trainings, so I knew that this could be a difficult process. But I just want to be honest. Like, I had no clue the train wreck that was coming to me emotionally. I remember sitting in this amazing hotel room in Jinan, China. They, they put us up in this great hotel room, and there was a knock on the door, and we opened it up, and there was this uh, match. It was our match. It was this little girl. Uh, she had on a Mickey Mouse sweatshirt. She had these clear yellow braces and the worst haircut you've ever seen <laughs> in your life. And that's, kind of, that's saying a lot coming from a bald man. Uh, and so it was sort of like pizza delivery. They, they knocked, they, here's your kid, fill out some paperwork, see you later. It was, just, it was crazy. It was like in, in that moment, we were, we were matched. Well, that night, uh, we, uh, we put our match to bed, and she started crying. And when I mean crying, I mean screaming. I don't know if you've ever witnessed this before. I've seen my kids get angry before. I've never witnessed anything like this in my life. And we're talking screaming, snot coming from her nose. And I was like, what is going on? And this happened every single night while we were in China. She would have these these big episodes, these big fits where she would just cry and snot would come out. When we were on the plane ride home, 18-hour uh, plane ride, we just started, she started screaming and she was so upset uh, that, she, that she peed herself in her seat. 
And so we took the 18-hour flight. We got home in Sioux Falls, and I've never been so emotionally spent in my entire life. I mean, I was, I was done. And my families were there, and our three boys were there to meet us. And I remember, I remember the look in their eyes when they looked at me and they saw what we had brought home, the match that we had brought home. And I just remember the look in um, my son's eyes like, Dad, what did you just do? How are we going to handle this? Dad, I'm not even sure that, that I, I, I like this one. Man, that, that was really hard for me as a dad to see that in my voice, seeing like, did I just ruin my family's life? And so we were home. We went home that first night, put her to bed, and it was the worst screaming episode that we've ever had, just screaming. My wife was up there just rocking her. She was screaming, and I was at the end of my rope. If you know me at all, I'm very even kill. I lost it. I went downstairs, and I just started bawling downstairs on the couch. I started crying. And I said to God, and excuse my language, I said, what the hell did we do? I was so afraid. Fear was tormenting me. I was afraid I ruined our family. I was afraid I couldn't handle the special needs. I was afraid she would scream every night for the rest of her life. I was afraid that I was going to lose it emotionally, which was what was happening. I was afraid that my kids would hate me for doing this. I was afraid because I didn't even know what the next step was. And I was also afraid that I would never like the match that we had been given. Uh, Fear had fallen on me like a thick, dark blanket, and I was suffocating. Now, something to know about me, I'm afraid of a lot of stuff. I I just even recently realized how much fear I have uh, in my life. As a kid, I was afraid that I was going to die. I was always afraid that my parents were going to die. I was afraid of raising my hand in class and getting the answer wrong. I was afraid of getting sick and throwing up. Still afraid of that one, by the way. Uh, I was afraid to make phone calls to people I don't know. I was afraid to go down water slides and ride rides at the fair. I was afraid to leave high school and go to college. I was afraid of not having friends. I was afraid I would never get a girlfriend. I was afraid after my wife's first miscarriage that we would have another one. I was afraid that I can't, I'm currently afraid that I can't provide for my family. And I'm also afraid that my furnace and my air conditioner might go out in my house. I got a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, But I think if you are being real with yourself, um, if you analyze your life, you have a lot of fears as well. And and if you've felt fear before, you're going to know this. A fear is like a cancer. And it it just sucks the life out of you. Fear can ruin your day. It can ruin your year. It can ruin your decade like nothing. Fear is like a cancer that can literally suck the life out of you. And fear was killing me. Uh, So in this series, we've been talking about the five ways, uh, the five things that can kill your relationships. And so fear, fear kills our whole life. Like, it literally kills our whole life. But I want to specifically talk about how does fear kill the relationships in our lives. So let's start at what what is fear. So the, the Greek word for fear in the Bible is the word phobos which we get the word phobia from. You've probably heard that before. Uh, The English word for fear is defined as this, a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain. 
So fear, this is my definition, is an emotion. Fear is an, ex- it's a, it's an emotion we experience when we think something bad is going to happen to us or the people around us. I mean, you can feel fear, can't you? I mean, I can feel fear in my bones. It literally zaps the strength out of me. I can feel fear in my gut. It makes me sick to my stomach. I can feel fear in my spine because it it can paralyze me for the entire day, paralyze me to do the most mundane tasks. And I can feel fear in my heart because it just pulls the emotion out of me and it makes me numb. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever felt fear before? Has fear ever suffocated you? Has fear ever tormented you? I'm afraid of everything, but what are you afraid of? Big or small? What are you afraid of? And even more specifically, when you look at the people or the relationships around you, what are the fears you have that are keeping you from people or keeping you from relationships in your life? I know this is heavy, but this is our reality. Fear is all around us. So, so we deal with fear in many different ways uh, in our relationships in life. One way that we deal with fear is with courage. And what courage says to fear is it says, hey, I'm stronger than the fear. I can muster enough strength and I can be stronger than the fear. That's what courage says uh, to fear. We also deal with fear through faith. What faith says to fear, it says, hey, even though I feel this thing, I know that something good is going to come from it. I have faith that even through this fear, something good will come from it. That's what faith says to fear. We also use forgetting to deal with fear. What forgetting says to fear, it says, I feel this thing, and guess what? I'm going to stuff it as far back in the recesses of my mind as I can. I'm going to stuff it so far back so that I maybe forget that I ever was afraid. We also deal with fear through addiction. And what addiction says to fear is like, I feel this thing and I got to numb it. I got to drink a little bit more. I got to shoot up something a little bit more. I need to gamble a little bit more. I need to do something to numb away this fear because I don't know what to do with it. And lastly, this is the one I employ most often, is, is we deal with fear using logic. And logic says to fear, man, if I can just gather enough facts... If I can just gather enough information, if I can think hard enough, this I can put this fear in a box and I can push it out of our, out of my life. Which one of those do you use? There's more to fear, uh, um, logic, courage. Which one of those things do you use uh, in your life? Aside for addiction, these things aren't all bad. Courage is good, faith is good, forgetting is even sometimes good, logic is good, but this, hear this, none of these are the solution. If you use these things to fight, face your fears, you will get some temporary wins, you will get some temporary gains, but none of these things are a solution to the fear. None of these things will drive out that suffocating fear in your life. So what will? What is the solution to fear? Um, if you have your Bibles, uh, would you turn with me to 1 John chapter 4, verse 18? Uh, 1 John chapter 4 is just such a great book of the Bible. Uh, if you have some time this week, I want you to go and read that whole chapter uh, this week. But we're going to focus in on one verse because this one verse so 
perfectly illustrates what I'm trying to say and, and what God has been doing in my life. I've heard this verse, I'm not tell, I've heard this verse a thousand times, at least a thousand times, but it is only recently that it has started to make any sense in my life. So let me read this for to you. John, 1 John 4:18. There is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Love. There is no fear in love. When you love, fear is driven out of our lives. Perfect love casts out all fear. Courage, faith, forgetting addiction, and logic will not cast out fear, but love will. Now, it's sort of a buzzword nowadays to say that uh, love isn't a feeling. Have you heard this before? Love isn't a feeling. Love is a commitment. Love is a choice. I just want to say something to, to you today. Love is a commitment. Love is a choice. But love is a feeling as well. Love is definitely a feeling. Can you imagine, dudes, if you went home to your wife, you're like, hey, honey, I love you. I'm committed to you, but I really don't have feelings for you. How's that going to go for you? Not well, because it's ridiculous. This, love is a choice. It is a commitment, but it is also fiercely felt. Love is a feeling. And here's the problem. If the, the type of love that casts out fear, the type of love that gets rid of the suffocating feeling of fear in your life is not simply, it is, it is, it is fiercely felt in our lives. That type of love, we, we know, we feel, and it is fiercely felt in our lives. It is not simply a cognitive commitment. We have to feel it in the inside. This type of love can move the mountain of fear from the hearts of men and women and cast it into the depths of hell where it belongs. I want to tell you something. This is the most important thing you'll ever hear in your life. Wow, that's something to say, isn't it? This is the most important thing you'll ever hear in your life. This is the most important thing you'll ever read in the Bible. God loves you. I believe that more than anything in my entire life now, that that, that is the most important thing you will ever learn, that God loves you. God is not simply committed to you. God has not simply made a choice. Oh, I'm I'm just going to choose you. God feels things for you. Is that foreign to you? That was foreign to me. God is not simply committed to you. He feels things for you. He passionately desires desires to know you. Do you know why I know that? Because God sent Jesus to this earth. He sent his son to the earth to die for you. I know if you've been in church, you've heard that a million times, but let me rephrase that. God sent his kid to the earth to die for you. How many of you parents would send your kid to die for somebody? That's insane. I wouldn't do it. He sent his kid to the earth to die for you. He wasn't afraid of you. He wasn't afraid of your messy situation. He loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you. You were loved. If you figure that out, if we figure out as a church that God loves us, it will change everything about us. There is no fear that can stand in our way. The fear of cancer, the fear of death does not stand when we know that a God loves us and is passionate about us. Even through death, he will fight for us. 
The love that God has for us is so great. I wish I could talk just on that today, like just on the love that God has for us. But where I want to go is I want to show that, that, that the love that God has for us is in us. And he wants us to spread it around us. The love that God has for us is in us. And he wants to spread it around us. There is no fear when armed with this love that can keep us from the messy relationships around us. When armed with this love, we are no longer afraid to adopt a child we don't know. We are no longer afraid to approach a needy homeless person. We are no longer afraid to have the hard conversations with our annoying neighbor. We're no longer afraid to ask the hard questions of a friend about the unhealthy choices they have in their life. And we are no longer afraid to keep showing up the family functions because of all the brokenness in those families. When we fiercely feel the love of God, when we know that love God has for us is in us and we can spread that around, fear is cast out. Listen to this. If fear is keeping us from having a relationship with someone, we don't have a fear problem, we have a love problem. Let me say that one more time. If fear is keeping us from having a relationship with someone, we don't have a fear problem, we have a love problem. Now, what I'm not saying here is if you've been seriously hurt by someone and you were in a bad relationship, you should run back into their arms. That's not what I'm saying. We need boundaries. We need to be smart. I'm just saying that the fiercely felt love of God, it casts out the fear that we have towards any of the relationships in our life. Uh, If you don't feel that love of God today, if you're like, man, that is so foreign to me, I don't even know what that is like to feel that love of God for the people around me, join the club. I'm I'm there. I'm there as well. I have, I've read through the whole Bible. I've been a Christian for 20 years. I have a seminary degree. And I've only recently, like, like recently, like the past year, been getting just a glimpse, just a picture of what God's love is for me and how I am to spread that to those around me. Uh, So back to my adoption story. Um, I laid on my couch crying as our match upstairs was screaming. Do you find it unsettling that I keep calling her my match? Uh, That's what she was to me, though. Before I met her, she was numbers on a page, pixels in a picture, symptoms in a medical report, facts that I could manipulate and control, but guess what? Facts don't cast out fear. Logic, facts don't cast out fear. About a week before this scene in my house, we were back in China, and I was just feeling like junk. And I started praying a prayer out of Colossians 2. And this prayer is actually for the church, but I took it for me and my match. And I started praying this prayer over and over, and this is what it is. It says, help us to be knit together in love. Just think of that picture, knitting. I don't know how to knit, but (laughs) taking yarn, putting it together. Knitting hearts together in love. Man, 
I prayed that prayer, I'm not joking, over and over and over again. I begged and I begged God. I said, God, I know I'm committed, but I want more than a commitment. I want to fiercely feel the love of God for this girl. It isn't enough for me to just be committed. I want to know what it is to love. I want to know what it's like for my heart to be knit toward hers. And I don't know when it happened. I prayed that over and over for months months. Beg God. And I don't know when it happened, but the floodgates began to open slowly, then fully. Fear was drowned in the flood of love, and my match became my daughter. Her name's Rin, by the way. Rin Gianni. She's not a picture on a page. She is a life that I love. Here's the deal, though. We still haven't faced a lot of the fears that I talked about. She still doesn't talk very well. I don't know if she ever will. I don't know if she'll be able to be independent when she's older. We have to go in January 23rd. We have to go up to the cities and do a surgery. We have to be in the the cities for six weeks for this surgery. So a lot of my fears, I I don't even know. I don't know the answer to my fears, but guess what? I don't care anymore. I don't care when armed with the fierce love of God, when you love someone, you wade through the mess. I mean, we sit here, we sit here and we, we, we have this mess in between us and someone else and we look at the mess, we're fearful of the mess and we don't look at the person. Fall in love with the person, beg to love that person. You can wade through any mess with that. Man, when the love of God comes in us, it changes everything. Uh, the other day I was in the bathroom. I won't tell you what I was doing in there, but. And I saw this uh, picture my wife had hanging on the wall. And it says, love crosses oceans. I just sat there and I stared at it. And I asked my wife, I said, hey, did you just put that up? And she said, it's been up for two years. <laughs> Typical man right there. I thought to myself, how did I miss this? It was like, God, every time I went to the bathroom, you're screaming at me, look at this. Stop thinking and start praying. Stop thinking and start loving. Love crosses oceans. Logic doesn't cross oceans. Courage doesn't cross oceans. Forgetting doesn't cross oceans. Addictions don't cross oceans. Love crosses oceans. It's like, God, just like, look in front of you. It's right there. Love crosses oceans. You know why? Because love, you know what love says to fear? Love says to fear, you don't matter. Love says to fear, you have no power. And love says to fear, my heart is too full to let you in. Isn't that beautiful? Love says to fear, my heart is too full to let you in. Who is fear keeping you from? Where is fear killing your relationships? A fear almost kept me from my little girl. Uh, do you want to meet her? Come here. Come here. Here she is. Oh, give it up. Can you smile. She was almost half asleep at one point. I gave my mom the stink eye. I'm like, hey, wake her up. It's coming up. 
um, I just can't imagine my life without her. Like, and to think the fears, like, I wanted to say no. The fe- and it was fear-led. Like, fear keeps us from experiencing all that God has for us in our relationships. And we've been in a relationship series. We've talked about a bunch of stuff. Holding grudges, magnifying faults, having to be right, comparison. And you know what the truth is? The solution to all those things is love. You don't hold grudges against people you love. You don't magnify faults against people you love. True love doesn't care if you're right. Love destroys any desire for us to compare to others. And love casts out the fear that just entangles us, the fear that wants to hold us down. I want to pray for you, but what I want to do for you is, I know that there's some of you that maybe are thinking through someone in your mind, that someone that fear is keeping you from. It might be someone that you know. It might be uh, like, a, like your, your spouse or like a, na- like a neighbor or, you know, your family member or whatever it is, someone you might know. But it also might be someone you don't know yet, like the homeless person you keep passing or, some, or an adoption or foster care. So I just want you to put that in your mind. And as I pray for you, I want to pray that Colossians 2 prayer for us because this is crazy. This is what Jesus says. Jesus says that we will be known to the world as Christians. We will be known to the world as followers of Christ by what? Our love. Not by our long sermons, not by our prayers, not by our evangelism tracts, by our love. And so I want to pray, what if we were a church that loved extravagantly? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this little girl right up here, Rin Jiani. We love her so much. Thank you for bringing her into our lives, Lord. But I pray for every one of us. I have things in my life right now that I'm not living this out with. Fear that's keeping me from certain relationships, God. And I, I just pray that you would help us, Colossians 2, knit our heart together in love. God, knit our heart together in love with this person. Help us to not focus on the mess, but to look at the person. And God, put in us the fierce love of God that you have for us. Help us to see that and direct it to the person that we are afraid to have a relationship with. God, your Holy Spirit is powerful, and it says that one of the fruits of the Spirit is love. God, would your spirit fall on this congregation, on all the campuses, on all the network churches, and on the people watching online? Would your spirit fall on us? And we beg you for the fruit of the spirit of love. We beg you to love like you do. We don't want to be committed. We want to be passionate about those people. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.